It's our WWE Extreme Rules 2021 review show plus draft preview and prediction show on the Double Turn Podcast, which starts right now. two ways this show can go and i still have not decided which way i'm truly gonna go because it is that time of the week everybody where it's your weekly wrestling fix of the double turn wrestling podcast with me myself and i ross and of course jorge ross the real boss 85 and the j-man don jorge as we bring you this splendid pay-per-view that we're about to talk about and we've got a draft coming up starting up on friday that will then conclude on Monday. I get I get amped for this every year, and I get disappointed for it nine times out of ten. So will this be the year that I'm not disappointed? Will this be a year that we try something different? I don't really know because the WWE landscape has pretty significantly changed in the last year or two, especially with the fact that NXT is going through a rebranding. We've got people jumping ship to another company And quite frankly, the certainty of superstars still being here at the beginning of 2022 is still unknown. But we also have a pay-per-view to go through, which is called Extreme Rules. The last few Extreme Rules shows have not exactly been great. How did this one turn out? We'll discuss, of course. You can find uh, this show and every other show. It is the Double Turn Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. You can also find us at wabamentertainment.com, W-O-B-A-M entertainment.com, Ross Robots 85, one and only J-Man 19, the Double Turn Podcast, all on Instagram. And once again, because I totally forgot, because I hate Twitter, I will let uh, the J-Man tell us what our Twitter is in just one second. But before we go any further, J-Man, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, buddy. Good to hear from you as always. I hope you're enjoying your Thursday evening. Um, And it is TDT Wrestling Pod on Twitter. TDT Wrestling Pod on Twitter. There it is. So um, I I swear I will get that right at some point. I just Twitter and I are not friends right now. I understand that. It's just not. So yeah. Imagine how I will be on TikTok if I'm forced to have one of those. (laughs) That being, I think, I think you'd be. I think you have a lot more fun on TikTok than you would on Twitter. I'll tell you that right now. That being said, Extreme Rules has come and gone, and uh, well, yours truly is still in the lead with uh, only a couple of pay per views to go. So things are things are not looking good for the J Man. But anything's possible, as he took an early lead this year, and I took it back from him. Rightfully, I might add. Nobody in it. Nobody needs to see me do stupid TikTok dances. I'd much rather torture J-Man for an entire year. Um, um, let me tell you something. I absolutely need to go ahead and see you torture yourself on TikTok. That's that's brutal. Let's let's hope that never happens. That being said, as I as I started off this show, there are two directions I can go with this show. And actually, I'm going to let Jorge decide which direction this show decides to go, because we do have a draft to get to as well. Jorge, would you like me to be the calm, cool, collective person that you know I can be on this show that's fair and impartial and go through a pay-per-view like normal? Or would you like me to lose my mind? 
Well, I mean, it depends on what you're going to lose your mind on, bro. That's really the question. <laughs> All right. Well, tell you what. Tell you what. Can we do a mixture of both? Let's see how I do, because we do have a pay-per-view that had seven matches on the card. There was one match that was added on the pay-per-view. The less said about it, the better. This show took place from Columbus, Ohio, the nationwide arena in Columbus, Ohio. I totally forgot this was Alexa Bliss's hometown. Thank God I didn't pick her to win the title in this match because no one wins in their hometown ever. Actually, I think CM Punk. Right. And I think actually didn't Bailey win a title in San Jose. Um, actually, I feel like she didn't. Okay. Actually, I know Beth Phoenix won a title in Buffalo. I know that happened. Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. If you Mm. wrestle for a title in your hometown, you're probably losing. You have a very low chance of winning. I I don't really know what to tell you about that, except that's probably what's happening. So um, from all accounts, Columbus, Ohio is not like the greatest wrestling town in the world, but I guess it wasn't bad from what I could tell. Uh, Um, I could tell. I think that crowd was relatively lively. I think they were lively for certain things. Look, this is going to be a show where I could get on the crowd for a lot of things. They tried to get some really bad things over and it just was not going to work on this night. Um, They, they really tried to get Lily, the puppet over and it failed miserably on this show. We'll get Uh to that match uh, in just a moment, but this crowd tried really hard and I think it backfired in a lot of cases, but the pre-show match, which we did predict Liv Morgan was taking on Carmella in just a regular match. Honestly, I'm going to say nothing special except for the fact that it did exactly what it needed to do, which was get Liv Morgan over while still making Carmella not really lose a lot when it comes to her character with where she's at. Um, This match needed to basically just be a good win for a character that you are slowly but surely making a bigger deal in the women's division. Carmella's already made. She's already been established in this division, whereas Liv Morgan needed a win over an established star. And that's exactly what this accomplished. It was on the pre-show. It lasted about eight minutes. And then we moved on with the rest of the pay-per-view. Do you have any thoughts about this match before we move on? All I have to say is just wanting to commend both ladies once more because they keep proving us right. We keep talking about the fact that Liv Morgan and Carmella are just incredibly talented and just continuing to get better each and every single go around. And it's just really impressive, in particular Liv Morgan, because I think Carmella needs to stop being said at this point. She is a great wrestler and there is no other way to look at that. And I think she needs to be acknowledged as so. And Liv Morgan you know, for the longest time, the weakest point of the riot squad brother. And here she is just continuously improving each and every go around. And it's just been a tremendous pleasure to watch. And I hope that this ends up being something very good for her. Um, and Ross, can I just say one thing that I want to admit it? it Cause I think you made a very excellent point in the regards to Columbus trying to get things over that probably weren't going to get over or had no right of getting over. I do want to go ahead and mention one thing. And that was, and maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, but Ross, there was some exceptional wrestling on Sunday night. Would you agree? Okay, so here, here's what I will say, and I'm going to be very calm about this. 
okay. At no point am I going to question the wrestling going on in the business right now. You want me to question something? How about good wrestling with no story? I understand that. I understand that. And I, and I knew you were going to get to that. I just wanted to actually talk about the quality of the actual physical wrestling because I no. thought that it was on point on Sunday night. That's all. Okay. Yes, that will be a theme of this show. For the most part, there was excellent wrestling. But once again, as I believe in my heart of hearts that I am in the vast minority when I say this, there has to be more than just good wrestling. There has to be more. Because guess what? At some point, it's all just going to mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. If all I get, because here's the thing, okay? Not everybody can watch every show on every night of the week, okay? Not everybody has time to watch Raw and NXT and Dynamite and SmackDown and Rampage and Impact and Power and all these other great things that are going on. People don't have time to watch all of it. So you're picking and choosing what you get, which is, again, mostly good wrestling across the board. That's great. There has to be more meat on the bone to keep people engaged. Because guess what? If this is how this goes, you're not going to grow your product. Oh, wait, they've had that problem for at least the last two years since there's been head to head competition. And basically for the for the better part of 10 years. I, I don't even want to get into CM Punk on this show because I'm sorry. There's something off with what's going on with CM Punk right now. It's not the show for it. Eventually, I want to talk about it because I've heard some really good points about it. But basically, the guy's not pissed off enough. Like, people wanted to see CM Punk cut good promos and talk a bunch of crap about people, and all he's doing is kissing everybody's ass. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's another topic for another show. My point is, because you got me on the good wrestling thing. Yeah. And again, you're right. There's lots of good wrestling on this show. How many pay-per-views a year from WWE out of, let's just, let's just say 12. I know there's closer to 15, but let's just say 12. Cause I'm not even going to count the Saudi shows. Cause I don't even count those as actual shows yeah. out of, out of the 12 main pay-per-views a year. How many pay-per-views can you tell me the majority of the show is bad wrestling? I guarantee you it's maybe one. Um, I could maybe say like, I'll give you two, but I think you're absolutely correct. I think okay. that for the most part that the actual quality of the wrestling is good on the vast majority of world wrestling entertainment pre-reviews and obviously across the board everywhere else. There has to be more than that. There has to be. So, again, I'm fine with a pre-show match that says, hey, Liv Morgan, um, we're, we're slowly but surely making you an, a more reputable part of our women's division let's have you get a quality win over an established person on a brand that might be switching shows hint hint good this match did exactly what it needed to we've talked enough about this because i went on my small tangent let's move on okay did this brawl in the back happen during the pre-show um i believe it did okay i think that they started off the show right with the six okay tag. okay can I ask a firm question of you? Because this actually sure. does kind of piss me off. Sure. Okay. So Big E, who's had the briefcase, who just cashed in and became the WWE champion. 
right? Which again, we're both happy with. We're both excited for the possibilities. I think he needs to get away from the new day because he needs to establish he needs to establish himself as a single star. But I get the option of, hey, the new day's still there. You did the Kofi thing with New Day. Why not do the Biggie thing with New Day? I get it. Fine. I'm not going to argue that point. Why on God's green earth are you shoehorning in your WWE champion in a makeshift brawl angle on the pre-show of a pay-per-view to get him in a six-man tag team match that could have happened on TV? That's a great point. I think that's a great point. I, I, I guess there might be a couple of answers to that, Ross, and I'll do my best to answer them. And you can tell me whether or not that's a good enough answer. I think A wanting to get your brand new WWE champion on a live car on a pay-per-view card is one. Now, mm-hmm. I guess you could make the argument of like, well, what the he- why you had two and a half weeks to make this uh, a thing. Uh, you could have done that. But then that brings me to the, perhaps the other argument in the sense of they didn't want to do the six man tag on raw because they wanted to do the WWE title match. So they would be able to get uh, a good chunk of professional wrestling numbers, uh, professional wrestling fans away from perhaps watching whatever the Monday night football game was. Does that make sense? So I think, I think that was perhaps the thought behind it. I hope that makes sense. I think that's a pretty good argument per se, but I think I, but I, I'm not going to say you're wrong. Uh, th- okay. That, okay. I'm not trying to insult you. I'm saying that explanation, if that's what they were going for, bupkis <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, look I, I, i'm sorry you cannot tell me the wwe champion on your raw brand that you just put over you have to shoehorn into an angle on the pre-show of a b pay-per-view oh and by the way you know what another thing that didn't happen on the show yay there's lots of great wrestling why is there one extreme rules match on a themed bs pay-per-view no i agree with you i think what they could have done ross is we could have still had a six-man tag but give it like two weeks build give it a week build there's a one-week build would have been perfect the new day who already have their beef not just with bobby lashley but you know for those of you who don't remember AJ Styles and Omos were the ones that beat Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania for the tag team championships. So the story has been there for all summer. So the opportunity of you putting the New Day back together for the first time in like six months and them having a match against three dudes who Mm -hmm. they're not getting along with whatsoever. Mm -hmm. That's a full on good week to week and a half build that you could have gotten away with instead of doing a a brawl, you know, in the in the in the locker room, you know. 10 minutes before the show goes on air. Now, I agree with you. Now, and it could still have left, uh, excuse me, it still could have built up to Biggie versus Bobby uh, on Monday night, which mm-hmm. it ended up doing so anyways. So again, I understand, but like really real now here's something I will agree with. Okay. Normally this would be an opportunity where I could be like, Ooh, maybe the new day should lose a six man tag. And like, you should start that process of like, Ooh, maybe they're, does exist a world but in this case you did a backstage brawl with three guys that have never tagged together as a six-man tag against an established group for the last five years of course the new day we're going to win this match so i'm fine with what happened i will say this that match went way too long that match went 
18 minutes to start the pay-per-view. I'm sorry. I'm not giving a match that got shoehorned in at the beginning of a B pay-per-view 18 minutes. That match should have went 12 minutes max because there are other things that you could have given extra time to that had Mm -hmm. more build, that had more story. And again, I'm not saying the wrestling is bad. I'm not saying these guys aren't capable of an 18-minute match. But in this spot to open the show, I would not have given this 18 minutes. Yeah, I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Um, I, I, I happen to really enjoy the six-man tag. I thought it was one of the better matches on the of the night. And that's saying a lot because, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, the wrestling was exceptional on this show. But you're right. It was the se- Wasn't it the second longest match on the card? Or was it the uh, third longest? Because uh, I think the second longest match may have been. No, it been, was. It was the second longest other than it was. Event. Okay, because I was going to say Becky and Becky, Becky and Bianca got like 16 and a half. By the way, well deserved because that was the second biggest match on the show, right? Well, so that look, obviously deserves some. Well, look, if, if you're if you're billing certain matches to end the show, look, I'm not saying your semi main or your main event need to always be long matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're propping them up in that spot and you want to give them more time and you think they deserve more time, you know, I'm not saying make it a 15 minute match, a 25 minute match, but if you're saying you're going to make a 12 minute match, a 17 minute match and it's worth it and they can pull it off. Great. But obviously don't force anything. If you a don't think it's going to work or B doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying, as I reiterate for the third time now, I thought given the circumstances, this was too long of a match. That's all I'm saying. This match could look, I would have been happy if this, and I know this is going to be minute. I would be fine if this match was 14 minutes. I hear you. Okay? On that. I, 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 I just, I, I just, I just, I just felt like, look, this match could have been done on TV very mm-hmm. easily. You could have yeah. set up a rematch, a one-on-one rematch, but I know what they did on raw, which I'm actually fine with, which ends up being that drew McIntyre's getting a title shot. Right. At least that's what they're going for, um, which kind of ruins an idea I had, but that's okay given the fact of certain things that may happen. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, do you have anything else to say other than the fact that, um, yes, look, as an opener, as a wrestling match, this was good. I yeah. just thought it went too long. That's all. Sure. No, I think this would, you said 14, I would have given it 15 minutes. And even then, that probably could have been too long because it's, a match that had very, very little build, but overall, I thought the six men that performed. Okay, I'll, I'll end it on this, Ross. This was the first time ever that I said to myself, "Omos looked decent," and I think that that's something to say. Um, I don't know if it's a matter of he's getting better. I don't know if it was the fact that Kofi and X and Biggie masked his uh, his uh, weaknesses. Um, I don't know if his chemistry with AJ is just off the charts now. And it also could have very well been that Bobby Lashley was so tremendous in this match that it took away from anything bad that Omos could have done. But I think it's very important to point out, and I'll give the man credit. I think Omos looked the best he's looked since he's been teaming with AJ Styles in this match. I think that's something to say. He did not feel like a fish out of water. Thank you. He did not feel unwelcome in this match. And all six of these dudes had sick chemistry. The chemistry was off the charts on this match. You know, whether you want to say it was too long or not, the chemistry was off the charts and it was a fun way to open the show. And I agree, it probably went a little too long, but still a great match to open the pay-per-view. I will end with this. I think Omos is getting better. 
I think it helps that he's got five guys that are good workers in the match with him. I think when you're tagging with the best wrestler on the planet, in my opinion, and a guy that has pretty much transformed his image as a pro wrestler within the last year or two, um, I would have told you it's been closer to the last five years he's done that. But if, remember, if you're not in the WWE, to some people, you don't exist. Uh, or in this case, oh, if you're not in WWE or AEW, I have no idea who you are, which that's another story. But when you're in the ring with five guys that can work and you can be put in a position to succeed and you are getting better, um, excellent. So so that is the opening contest uh, that was added to the show, of course, because it was added day of pay-per-view so we could not predict it the first match that we were a or sorry the second match because the first match on the pre-show we did both project Liv morgan to win and she did the usos part of the bloodline were defending their smagtown tag team championships against the street profits that being angelo dawkins and montez ford i will be very honest i don't even care that this blows one of my picks uh i think this was a farewell send-off match for the street profits um, I think this was a match that basically said, uh, these guys are no longer going to be on this show after this match. I think that was very evident with how this match was booked. Um, at no point now, I understand that this could have been any team at no point. Did I feel threatened that the Usos were going to lose the titles? Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact of when you have a lot of moving parts about to come up, um, sometimes you want to make things more obvious and sometimes you don't. I'm not going to say this was a bad match. I will say I think they're capable of much better. I think this was a match that basically said, okay, here's your rematch. Move on. The bloodline keep the titles or the if that's what we're calling. I know that's the group, but. The Usos keep the titles. I was not blown away by anything in this match. I know people love Montez Ford. And I mean, his his athleticism is, is off the charts. And I understand that. And I think he does have the potential to be a single star. Um, but I can't keep saying that about this group with every match because I feel like it's just it's just old. Um, <laughs> no. And look. I'll say this too, and I don't think this is controversial. This group is not as over as they were in NXT. And I think it's very clear that they need a shakeup. Um, I'm not saying they're going to get split up, but I think their time on the SmackDown brand is coming to an end. I, I so. think that it would be refreshing to see them on Raw. I, I, I would agree with you. I would so. agree that it would be um, refreshing to see them on Raw. However... Well, now remember, because the last time they were on Raw for long periods of time, they were doing backstage goofy segments with yes. Paul Heyman. Remember I that? Think that? Yes, I do. And, and with Booker T. Now, I think that them having been on SmackDown for the last year really helped them. I thought that they got a lot better. Um, you know, I, I don't want I, I don't want to go ahead and throw you under the bus when I say this, Ross, but I do want to mm -hmm. make sure that uh, remind you there was a time where at one point you and I. So I'll, I'll throw myself under this bus too. Remember when we were saying private party was way over than street profits at the time that they seems, were, they were, and no, it's I'm also not wrong. Well, and it's also not private parties part that problem that they're completely buried in another company that has absolutely no idea how to build a tag team division as a whole, but yes, which is messed I remember up that. considering that they have the best tag team on the planet. Right. Um, I agree with you, but yes. I will say 
that the street profits have to me overcome that i think that they've become much more over but i will agree i think that this was a send-off that being said ross um two things one montez ford and roman reigns had a banger of a match on friday that's the first thing and now i mentioned that because obviously to me that means that montez ford they're talking about him in the back in a positive way in a positive light two you talk about story and, you know, there can't be good wrestling unless there's great story because uh, uh, then it's just good wrestling and everybody else is doing good wrestling these days and you have to really stick out. That being said, because of the beatdown that Montez Ford took at the hands of Roman and the Usos on Friday night, that played into Sunday. And I'm going to tell you, in the same vein that I thought that Omos did a really good job in his match, this was the best I've ever seen Angelo Dawkins be on the main roster. And, and I can say that, Ross, because I've crapped on Angelo Dawkins on numerous occasions on this podcast. Have I not? You have. I, 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 have, I have stated that I don't think Angelo Dawkins doesn't, come, doesn't sniff what Montez Ford does. I'm happy to state that he showed me, and not only has he shown, did he show me on, sat, on Sunday, excuse me, he showed me over the last like 10 months. It all started when they had that match with the New Day at Survivor Series, which I understand you weren't a big fan of. And that's fine. I fully respect that. And I'm not going to go ahead and press you into a corner and be like, change your mind. I'm not going to do that. I remember when we reviewed the show with Razor, Razor was on the show with us uh, and Razor and I both agreed that we enjoyed the Street Profits versus the New Day. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about that match was Angelo Dawkins really stepping up. And I've seen the step up of Angelo Dawkins over the last few months and it's continuously progressing and progressing. And it came to a, it, it, it didn't come to a halt. It came to fruition on Sunday night where I was like, gosh, darn. Angelo Dawkins has really stepped it up as of late, and he did a great job being the focal point of that action. I couldn't help but notice. I'm watching this match. I was like, Montez Ford hasn't been in this match for very long. And they were obviously playing off what happened to him on Friday. And I was like, oh, they're really going to have Dawkins be the brunt of everything that's going on? And it worked for me. And not to mention, let it be known right now, Jimmy and Jay were extraordinary. And I think I said this on the last pod, Ross, back me up. I did say that to me, the Usos and the Profits were going to be one of the three best matches on the show. I, I think I stand behind it still tonight. And, and, I, and again, I'm not asking whether or not you agree. You have your own thoughts, and that's totally fine, and I respect it. But to me, I thought that the Usos and the Profits put on a really good show. I thought the storytelling was on point. It was one of the better told stories on Sunday. I don't know if you agree with, the, agree with me on that assessment or not, but I think I'll tell you this. If the Profits stay on SmackDown, I'll be happy. If the profits move over to Raw, I think it really livens up the Raw scene and their tag team title and the tag team title race. I will say that. I think the tag team titles need the profits more than SmackDown do. And when I say that, I'm probably referring to the just the tag team and the tag team division as a whole. So wherever the tag team division is the weakest, put one of your better tag teams there. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. So the Usos retained their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, And then, oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Jorge, if I would have told, if I would have asked you how to screw up a Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss match, 
Would you tell me if it was even possible? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because it's just, would it even be possible? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I'm not sure. Here's And it, and it here's, stinks because this match was actually decent. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Well, that's, this is, this is where we'll disagree. Okay. Uh, okay. This, this match. Okay. Charlotte Flair is one of the best performers WWE has. She's one of the greatest of all time. And her career is not even close to being over. Alexa Bliss at one point was considered one of the best performers they had. She got injured. It took her a long time to come back. Then they gave her this shite gimmick. Mm -hmm. And... This and even is, then, she's still making it work somehow. Somewhere. I, uh, that's, okay, that's that's highly debatable. Let me okay. Let me reiterate that. You and I said best at best. She's doing the best she can with what she's being given. Let okay. me let me phrase it that way. Is that okay. better? Yes. Okay. okay. They should have absolutely been done with this gimmick as soon as Bray Wyatt was gone. They should have said, "We're pivoting. This is done." And they just decided they thought they were going to try and make this work. So they've gone through with it. So here's, here's, here's what I will tell you. Okay. At no point did I think Charlotte was losing. At no point was I excited for the end game to come out of this. And then the match ended, and then they spent forever with the post-match stuff with Alexa Bliss and the stupid, stupid doll. Like, they had close-ups of the weirdest things. Like, it was, it was uncomfortable. And if that's what they were going for, fail. <laughs> like there's there's being uncomfortable. Okay. When you watch a scary movie, okay, or a horror movie, and they linger on something for tension and to scare you and to make you feel uncomfortable, that's doing its job. Right. Okay. Now, I'm going to use another weird reference, so please forgive me if you if you haven't seen the movie or if you don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Uncut Gems? With Adam Sandler. I know about it. I actually haven't seen it yet. Okay. The entire movie makes you feel as anxious as the main character feels. You're constantly on edge. You're constantly questioning things. You're constantly, like, not feeling stable with anything. That's the point. They're making you feel as the character feels. Okay. If they were trying to get sympathy, if they were trying to make you feel bad for this character, you know, the character that had black bile oozing out of her mouth, when the crowd is chanting, thank you, Lily, you lose me. You lose me. Okay. These fans are supposedly so behind Alexa Bliss in this gimmick. And look, I'm sorry. I, I really am sorry when I say this. It does not do the wrestler favors 
when you are trying to get over a gimmick that sucks, when you're trying to get over something that everybody knows is DOA, but because you want to be different and you want to cheer the anti-establishment or you want to cheer something that's just, oh, well, management doesn't like it, so we have to like it. That'll make it cool. Yeah. I'm embarrassed for what Columbus did to Alexa Bliss. I am embarrassed for what WWE decided to do in the post-match. It does it. That could have been the greatest women's wrestling match of all time. Guess what I'm going to remember? The post-match BS. I have nothing more to say other than Charlotte Flair retains. Hopefully this character is off TV and we see Alexa Bliss back in some other... I would prefer her going back to her original NXT gimmick with the sparkle splash at this point. <laughs> Don't be like that, man. But at, I hear you. At least it would be more over. True. At least it would be fresh. Yeah. This match, this match is, is it's frustrating, Ross. And I'll tell you the reason why. Because, again... And I know you don't want me to harp on this too much because, you know, and, and I understand it, but I, I, I want to clarify. Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss is a money match, whatever, whichever way you want to slice it. Would you would you disagree with me on that, Ross? No, you wouldn't. Right. We, no. we, we all know that Alexa Bliss is one of the best of her generation because she's shown us this over the last five years. She has she has been I, I don't know how she got that good, but Alexa Bliss got that good and stayed that good and it's been such a spectacular thing to watch since she got drafted in 2016 this was the kid who was the last draft pick all right nobody gave a crap about alexa bliss everybody said oh she's just the girl that's engaged to buddy murphy who's one of the best wrestlers on in the world and one of the best tag teams but nobody cared about alexa bliss alexa bliss isn't supposed to be a five-time women's champion she's just not and, and she is, and because she's earned it, and because she busted her ass to get here, and because she's busted her ass night in, night out, in the ring, outside the ring, training, and just proving to everybody, hey, I'm actually really good. So I bring this all up because Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss five years after all that is a big freaking deal. And Ross, I'm here to tell you, unfortunately, when the bell rang, I don't think people treated it as such. And the reason for that is because you absolutely nailed, hit the nail right on the head. It's because that stupid ass gimmick. It's a that stupid ass gimmick. Now the girls went ahead and went out there and they put on the best wrestling match they could possibly put on. And it was weird because you would think that a character of such as uh, that is Alexa Bliss is portraying right now, you thought that there'd be a lot of shenanigans happening in Ross. It was really weird to not see any shenanigans whatsoever and then just have a flat out wrestling match. That doesn't really work, does it? No, it doesn't. It's no. unfortunate because it's actually a really good, it, 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 you know, you could tell that those two girls had chemistry and it was just weird. It's like, we're going to put out this gimmick, but you're just going to wrestle. Like this isn't the undertaker and Shawn Michaels. That's not how this works. You're supposed to go ahead and actually be creative in this regard. If you want to go ahead and give Alexa bliss, this weird ass gimmick that used to belong to Bray Wyatt, do something with it. Get creative. I know Alexa Bliss is creative. Let her let her do what she what you think she can do well. And they didn't do that. So they have this just 
pretty av- better than average wrestling match that ended with a really stupid thing at the end that you're right, Ross. It did take forever. There was, there was the ripping of Lily and then Alexa bliss beat the crap out of Charlotte flair and she ran out of the ring. And then Alexa bliss is crying and people are chanting, thank you, Lily. And it was just odd. And I was like, Can't, I, I actually tried fast forwarding and I fast forward and I'd stop and it was still there, Ross. <laughs> I, you know, that's long when it's still there after you fast forwarded twice. I, again, I, I, I just, hmm. I'm over it. I've, I've been over it. Uh, hmm. I, oh, and also, and, hmm. and I, I hate I hate to seem well, I'll just say it. Um, Charlotte looks like she needs a sandwich. Okay. Like I get it. Like she's she's gotten more toned. Oh, you think like, she's looking too skinny? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I think I think she needs to eat a couple sandwiches, all right? Like it, it it's it's I don't know. I, I I don't know. That's again, that's my opinion. It's superficial. Do whatever you want live how you want eat how you want that's yeah. fine but like to me i thought she looked better not like this Interesting. again again that's my opinion that's yeah, not yeah, me yeah. being sexist that's not no, no, it's, no. it's called an opinion of appearance yeah no no i so, understand that i'm not i'm not hating on you for that i i i i, I understand what you're getting at okay that's all i mean notice how i notice how i immediately went to the fact that i could also tell that she's looking a little she's definitely lost body fat She's lost body fat. Again, it, that doesn't always work for everybody, though. No, and it, I mean, it's not like she, you know, was. So like she was out of shape, right? So anyway, oh man, I was so so okay. Let me tell you something right now, everybody. After last week's show, the match I made sure to watch was the triple threat match for the United States title. Because last week, Jorge said if Jeff Hardy walked out as the U.S. champion, he would forfeit the last quarter of the year, lose the picks, and start watching WCW Nitro. I was like, Jeff Hardy, if there was ever a match I desperately wanted you to win, it was this one. However, it did not happen. Damian Priest did retain the United States title. Okay, here's, here's a perfect example. I thought this match was too short. Okay, carry on. Okay, and here's why. So even though there was very typical things of, uh, one guy on the outside, two guys fighting, I actually thought these three had pretty decent chemistry together. I I actually kind of liked it. I know, maybe you're shocked, but this is one thing that I I, I kind of liked on this show. I thought Damian Priest did. Now, here's something I will say. I, I think this was a send off for at least a couple of these guys, too, because I don't think we're going to see a couple of these guys wrestle each other for a long time. And I think they wanted to make sure that whatever decision they're about to make was the right one. And I'm talking specifically about Damian Priest and Sheamus. Um, look, here's the thing. You add Jeff Hardy to a match like this, whether it makes sense or not, uh, people are going to be more interested. Fair or not, we've had this discussion before. I don't need a long diatribe about it. All I will say is Jeff Hardy, in my opinion, in this match, fit his role. That's all he needed to do. He didn't need to go over the top. 
he needed to make sure that they got to where they wanted to get to as a finish. This match went 13 minutes. I would have given it a few more minutes. I think there was enough meat on this bone to go a few more minutes, especially if you're about to do what I think they're going to do with some of these competitors in this, in this match. So now I will be fair. Okay. Because I've talked a lot of this time about how bias is always considered a bad term. And yet we all inherently have it at some level, which doesn't make it necessarily bad. It's just how we're either raised or how we're influenced or the different things that happen to all of us because we all have different experiences in life, in things we like, in things we don't like, in our jobs, with our families, with our friends. I could go on. We all have bias. Okay. So, yes, might I have, might I have had rose-colored glasses on thinking, oh, I might have won the picks, so I'm going to enjoy this match a little bit more. You're damn right I did. So I gave this a little more of a chance, and I'm glad I did. So for what this was on this show, given the fact that there wasn't a ton of story on this show, which I could bitch about for the next hour if I wanted to, for what it was and what it set out to accomplish, this was fine. <laughs> because guess what? The right guy won the match, didn't he? Yeah. No, he did. He okay. Did. Yeah. And 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 the right outcome happened. And everybody moves on. Yeah. Now I hear you. Listen, okay. I, Go I, ahead. I, <laughs> I thought this match freaking sucked, bro. <laughs> I thought this match was the worst match on the card by a not a large margin, because I, I I don't I want to make sure I don't crap on Sheamus and Damian Priest, and I won't cr- and I won't crap on Jeff Hardy either, because on the contrary, there was botches in this match, Ross, that actually didn't belong to Jeff Hardy, which was I, I'm not going to say I'm surprised, I'm not going to say I'm not surprised, I'm just going to say that the botches did not belong to Jeff Hardy. The blog the botches actually belonged to both Sheamus and Damian Priest which sucks because I think I've gone on record saying that I love Sheamus. And by the way, so do you let it be known, but I also really like Damian priest. And I think that he's been doing a really admirable job over the last like 10 months, you know, really getting himself over with the WWE universe, but their SummerSlam match showed me that these two dudes could really go with one another. And then their match on Monday night also proved that these two could go with one another And for whatever reason, even though there was a third dude in the match, when they botched, that third person wasn't even there. So I don't know what happened. It was just weird. There was a slip up. I know that Damian Priest went for the kick and he fell off the apron. Um, But that's not the reason why, to me, this match really was not that great, Ross. Um, And it's not even the story, because I think you're right. I think the story was strong here. It's just that for whatever reason, this match to me dragged and... I don't know what it was. And and I, you know, you talk about your bias that you had, you know, you were really looking forward to seeing if Jeff Hardy would win because you really wanted to screw me out of my life. And I totally understand that that's fair, but I was trying to be invested in the sense that, and maybe it had to do with, cause did you watch it live or did you watch it record recorded afterwards? Yeah. I, I did not watch this live. Okay. So so neither did I. So I still knew the result. And by the way, I messaged you, and I said, thank God. And you literally laughed your ass off. And that's perfectly fine. But I don't know what it was, man. This match to me was the slowest type of match on the card. It was also the shortest match, or excuse me, the second shortest match on the card, because obviously Liv, Liv and Carmelo were the shortest match on the card. Excuse me. Um, 
but there was something about this match that there wasn't just cl- it just wasn't clicking for me all the way um and i wasn't able to go fully enjoy it as much as i thought i would considering that wwe does triple threat matches really really well i think that's always been one of their strong suits six man tags and tri- and triple threat mats triple threat matches excuse me seem to be in wwe's wheelhouse um and this was not the case tonight on this triple threat match unfortunately um I thought the right guy won. Obviously, Damian Priest absolutely need to be the victor of this match. If it would have been Jeff Hardy, I would have been crying. I probably wouldn't even come on tonight. I probably would have been like, Ross, do the show by yourself. I'm done. I need to go ahead and recuperate and put my mind in the fact that I have 52 weeks worth of WCW 2000 to go ahead and live to freaking have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was. I'm not going to say it was eh. I think that would be too, too, too rude. Okay. Well, I'll say that to me, it was the worst match on the card on a relatively good wrestling show. And even though they got the right victor, um, I've seen Damian Priest and Sheamus have better matches by themselves. And I've also seen Sheamus and Jeff Hardy have better matches by themselves. And I've also seen Damian Priest and Jeff Hardy have good matches. So I don't know what happened, but something wasn't clicking on Sunday. So again, I will just reiterate, okay. For what this was on this show, which basically had a lot of TV matches on it, it's fine. That's all. All right. The moment of the show, everybody was looking forward to. All right. Now, tell the people what I texted you last night. All right. I'm going to bring up the text message from the Don. Let's see what it says. Okay, here we go. This was actually, okay, it was Wednesday, right before I went to bed, actually. Uh Yeah, because I had finished the match last night. All right, dude, I know you. I know what you're going to say. You're probably going to crap all Becky versus Bianca, and you're allowed to do that. But damn, it was a good match regardless of the result. Okay. First of all, first of all, first of all. Here we go. Go ahead. Uh, also, I should have mentioned this a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. If I am, if I'm feel like I'm distracted, it's because my Cincinnati Bengals are playing on Thursday night football and they were down 14 to nothing at the half and they have come roaring back to tie the game. Oh, good for them. Good so, for them. Ho- yes. Homeboy is back, right? He's back from his ACL. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, uh, why am I forgetting his, I'm blanking on Joe's last name. That would be Joe Burrow. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. So, yeah, Joe Burrow's the truth. Yeah. So I don't anyway. even like NFL, but I still can back I can go well, on go on a limb and say Joe Burrow is the truth. Yeah. Uh so I apologize if I've seemed a little distant at times. So it's fine. Um I'm not gonna go on my usual rant. I'm really not. Okay. I will say this. I do not like matches that have BS finishes. Never have, never will. Okay. If your plan is to do a three-way, should have just done the three-way match. If your plan is to do what I think they're going to do, Becky just needed to beat her claim. Okay. If you're going to have a finish where Becky's going to continue being this heel character, even though she's getting cheered because the fans are morons, 
then have Becky screw over in a win. Instead, they had a wrestling match that was ended via a no contest because Sasha Banks got involved because that feud's not over yet, at least for now. So, okay, you gave Becky the title, blah, blah, blah. The whole Bianca and Sasha thing, it's like, it's never really gotten the full brunt of what it should have been for a multitude of reasons. Okay, personally, I think they need to just put it on ice and give it a break and revisit it in six months. But clearly, that's not what they're doing. So uh, what's the things that uh, what's her new gimmick? The blueprint. Becky? No, Sasha. Uh, Yeah. Okay. well, it's going to be real fun when she moves to raw. But anyway, yeah. um, Okay. how many times on this show have I not you? I said that was a four course meal and for dessert I got a big pile of crap unfortunately you've said that a lot more than you need to which is really frustrating considering the fact that I love that ladder match from money in the bank Ross but yes I understand what you're meaning okay so look I'm not saying this was an all-time classic I'm not I'm not gonna say that because I don't believe it again I may be biased but at least at, at least I'm consistent with my criticisms. Fair? Sure. Okay. All I would have asked, really, all I would have asked was you could have had Sasha interfere, cost Bianca the match, and done all the stuff they did after the match. Or you could have had Sasha distract Bianca that led directly to Becky cheating into a win. Could have done that. Could have also done something where um, Becky gets herself disqualified and then Sasha interferes, which I realized, well, she wins via DQ. All of those things I just said, do not involve Sasha getting involved in a match in which there's no contest and no finish. Okay. Very few times do I accept no contests or no finishes or draws mm-hmm. as finishes to matches. Mm-hmm. Under careful consideration, I appreciate the fact that Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan went to a 30-minute draw. I knew you were going to say that. But go ahead. I, I can appreciate that. Okay. Because of what they're trying to do. This is literally, hey, we want to we want to protect Becky because we don't want to have her win clean, but we don't want to have her win dirty. Mm-hmm. We're going to protect Bianca so that she loses via shenanigans. And we're going to reinstitute a character and a feud that's been DOA ever since they've tried to do it. Ruins the entire thing buildup of the finish of the match. How many matches were Sasha and Bianca supposed to have that got canceled? Well, I mean, one for sure, which is the SummerSlam match, but I think you're referring to the house shows. There were, there were definitely two other matches on house shows or TVs that got canceled. That was on the lead up to SummerSlam. Okay. Okay. But still 
it still derailed part of the feud, did it not? Yeah, no, no, it did. I wouldn't say that it was dead on arrival, but I understand where you're getting at. Okay, I'm listening. Um, so the match may have been good, may have been great. Uh-huh. Guess what? I'll remember the BS finish. See, but that's the thing. I don't think that it was that much of a BS finish. To be fair, but okay. I understand where you're coming from. No, no. I'm gonna okay. let you finish. I'm no. gonna let you finish. So, so in that I feel, case, I apologize. So in that case, have a finish. But I think that it's a great way to introduce Sasha back into the fold. And honestly, I think you have a multiple th- multiple uh, a multitude of things of what you can try and do here. Okay. Per se. Okay. Personally, I would not do a triple threat. And why it's is that? Because it's a crutch. Okay. It's a crutch that this company uses way too often. It's a crutch. Okay. I would not put heel Becky in a situation where you're having a feud. That's a side feud while she's the champion. Okay. I do not want heel Becky to be an afterthought in a triple threat match. Okay. Second. Okay. You could have done everything they did at the end of that match after an actual finish happened. Okay. Via, I'm not saying you're wrong. Via Becky cheating, Becky beating her clean, because, you know, heels can beat faces clean. You can yeah. do that. Yeah. So I'm sorry. This this to me was a miss. Okay, that's fair. Now, you didn't mention a few of the things that I was kind of hoping you would mention in regards to the positives and I I shouldn't really be surprised. So I'm not going to go ahead and I'm not going to get at you for that. Um, Can I just, but I, so I'll mention it myself. Can we just talk about Becky Lynch for a second and talk about Ross? Sure. Uh, She took, she took off uh, 18 months. Is that right? May, 2020, all the way up until now, this was her first match back since um since last year since she before she left before uh, she got pregnant it, or when she was pregnant excuse me uh incorrect when it when was the last what was oh did she have a match on smackdown that i that i missed he wrestled bianca belair and squashed her in 20 seconds to win the title okay all right that, that i don't really consider that a match but fine if you want to go ahead and mention that that's fine okay fine it was a match that the champion accepted. There was a, there was okay. the title on the line, and she beat her. That's still a match. Fair. I mean, it was a twenty six second match, but I, I'm, I'm getting to a point here for a second. But I but that's fair. Becky Lynch had a full on seventeen plus minute match for the first time in over a year and a half after having a baby. She looked phenomenal. She looked absolutely. It's. I, I don't want to go ahead and be like, oh, well, because she left and had a baby, I wasn't sure what to expect. I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's fair to her. And I don't think that's fair to any woman who could leave wrestling and then come back after having a child. But I must admit, Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch slayed on Sunday. Becky looked like she didn't miss a, miss a gosh darn beat, bro. She was on it. Uh, the 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 timing was it, it's like a, it was impeccable um the chemistry between her and bianca really surprised me and at the same time it really shouldn't surprise me because obviously to me i've I, i've thought and i'm not saying that you think this or you don't think this i don't want to put words in your mouth but i'm gonna say 
that I've thought that Becky Lynch is one of the top female performers in the world today for a very long time. It's not just been since the man gimmick. I will go back and state that ever since 2014, when she got signed to NXT, I've said Becky Lynch is a go-getter and she is terrific in the ring. I've said that. Ross can back me up on that. And Bianca has, to me, improved dramatically since she got called up to the main roster. And to me, the high point for Bianca was WrestleMania with Sasha. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and lie to your face, Ross, and tell you this was better than Bianca versus Sasha at WrestleMania because it wasn't because that actually had a finish, right? And I I know that you would call me out on it, and it'd be BS, and and it'd be a fair call-out. Had this match had an actual finish, Ross, and I'm not joking when I say this, this would have been better than Bianca versus Sasha at WrestleMania. Okay, 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 but here's the thing, though. It didn't. It didn't. No, no, no. So, I, I understand so, that. And that's why I'm not saying that it is. So, so unfortunately, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. to interject. That's okay. Unfortunately, very calmly, very fairly, yeah. as I've stated, the match is ruined by that for me. But it's ruined by, to you, and, and that's fair. To me, I thought that was a very interesting wrench to throw in. A wrench that I'm not necessarily mad at because it's like, okay, wait, well, hold on. Sasha's back. So you got Sasha and Bianca and Becky. Things can happen here that can work. But I understand that because you're right. You could have had Becky lose or Becky win, excuse me, and then have the post-match attack afterwards, which would have made sense in all of the story because it'd be because we've reached the point where it's gotten personal between Be- Bianca and Sasha. It's not just about the title, right? Um, but at the same time, Sasha's after that title because she lost it at WrestleMania. She hasn't got a rematch by her own by, by her own st- by her own thing. By the way, she mm-hmm. chose to go away. Okay, I'm just gonna call, I'm gonna call that out. So to me, it actually makes sense for her to go after Bianca and Becky. That that makes sense to me that she would want to do that from a storyline standpoint. But for those people who say, you know, my colleague included, who say it was a cop out, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the victory on that. But I think that the fan of what transpired and transpired in the ring on Sunday night between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, I think from a wrestling standpoint, it was one of Bianca's better performances we've ever seen in her career. And by golly, like if you ever thought Becky might have lost it in the last year and a half, that's what I want to get to Ross. If anybody thought that Becky lost it, Becky didn't lose it at all. Like not even in the slightest. And I don't know if that has, you know, I don't know if that has to do with Bianca really masking any weaknesses that Becky may have had. But to be fair to me, I've always said that Becky, Becky's one of the top performers in the game, right? So why would it be that Bianca's covering something for Becky? Usually it would be Becky covering something for somebody else. Right. Um, That all being said, I thought she, I thought this match and I know, I know. And I'll probably protect this match in the same vein that I protect that Money in the Bank ladder match at Money in the Bank in 2019. I'll probably do that. And I'm and I'll and I'm my bias is now showing, right? And that's something I'm willing to call out. But I think that this is going to be one of those matches that I look at in hindsight for like two or three years afterwards and be like, nope, I'm still going to protect it for a variety of different reasons. And I'm will at least I'm willing to admit it, right? I again, as I've said. There were two directions I knew the show was going to go. Either I was going to go on a rampage and decide to just go full nuclear or I, or sure. what's happening, which is just calmly explaining 
Yeah. That. I think you're doing a really good job, by the way. No. And look, here's the thing. Okay. For those of you that, that listen to the show all the time, there's a reason why this, this dynamic works because Jorge and I agree on a lot of things. We disagree on almost just as many things because, yeah. because there are things that Jorge is going to love that I am never going to love about this business and vice versa. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's just the way it is. So for yeah. me, I'm probably never going to give Becky Lynch a chance until she drops this gimmick, changes everything that she does and becomes something better. But okay. that's well, my opinion. I'm sure there are other that's people, a good opinion. you know, okay. But then there are other things like, for instance, clearly the WWE universe needed to see Roman Reigns turn heel and do what he's doing to accept him again. And guess yeah. what? Here we are, which by the way, we're about to talk Roman Reigns in about 30 yes, seconds. I just want to end with this. Actually, mm-hmm. I'll let you end with it, and I'll give my closing thoughts before we go to the beta back. Go ahead. Sure, no problem. I actually, what well, I actually wanted to end it by asking you a question because I talked about, uh, you know, you went on the actual match diatribe, and I went on a diatribe about, yo, Becky looked like she didn't lose it. So I want to ask you, and I am an unbiased opinion. How did Becky look to you, having come back after eighteen months and having a child? I want your honest response. I'm going to say that she fits right back in with the roster. I don't think she's at the top of her game, which I don't think anybody expected her to be at the top of her game. Not this quickly, no. I I, I think given what has happened and the position they have put her in and what she is capable of doing, I I think she's I think she's doing a fine job. I think she performed admirably. I think that's the right word to look at to I, use, right? Absolutely. Admirable um, performance. There. I was surprised. I, I actually expected a lot more rust out of her. I really did. Now, and to here, see that not be there was pretty surprising to me. Now, here's the other thing, okay? Uh, and perhaps maybe I need to give praise where it's due, which is maybe I need to give Bianca another chance. Uh-huh. Carry on. Okay. Now, there are things that I would still drastically change, uh-huh. okay? I know the hair is one of them. I understand I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just her in-ring work. Okay. okay. There are certain things she does in-ring. Okay. Okay. People are probably going to give me heat about this. Okay. You know who does a lot with a little? And here's what I mean. Sometimes less is more. Okay. Now, I am not trying to compare them with their wrestling abilities. Okay. So let me just get that out of the way right now. This is a direct comparison about ring psychology, which yes, I've never wrestled before. So what do I know about it? Um, I've been a fan for half my life. So I think I've picked up a few things Yeah, just as a fan watching it, listening to different things and learning because that's what you do when you try to have an informed opinion about something, right? Yeah. Sometimes less is more now i know as a baby face you're supposed to do all your cool stuff and you're supposed to get the crowd behind you and i agree you know who does more with less jade cargill okay jade cargill on aew has all the athletic prowess that bianca belair does all of it if you watch her go to the ring and her presence in the ring and how she actually performs in the matches she's in. She's great. And she doesn't have to do a lot to get over what she's supposed to be doing. If there's something that I would say about Bianca Belair, it's that 
she is trying to prove that her gimmick is she's the EST. She's the best at everything, right? She's the mm-hmm. greatest. She's the fastest. She's all the stuff. It's her gimmick. I would challenge her to use that energy in shorter bursts. Okay. Because when she does her more high impact stuff, it's going to look a lot, a lot more influential, not only for her character, but for the match. I feel like she's still going a thousand miles an hour. Whereas the people that are really good at their craft know how to slow things down and still be very effective at what they do. So what I would say is I would say, sure, do cool stuff. But guess what? I also want you to prove that you're getting better as an in-ring performer when it comes to the basics. I don't want you to rely on your athleticism and your talent to get you through every single match. Does that make any sense at all? What I just said, it, it does. I think it does. I think the difference is that to me per se, I I've noticed the, um, I've noticed the improvements in the small paces. Okay. And I guess I would say that what the way you started it off, it's like, maybe I need to go ahead and take a, uh, another look at Bianca. I think that's where I'm. I'm gonna go with. Okay. But I think that what your assess. I think your assessment is fair. I don't think that's. I don't think that's harsh at all. I don't think uh, that's that critical. Okay. Here's 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 what I'll end with. I want to see what she does. Okay. This is said about a lot of people to do. And by the way, like Ricochet's guilty of this. Half the people on AEW are guilty of this. I'm just pointing this out, okay? The stuff you do in between the cool moves that you do is just as important as the cool moves you do, okay? I'll give you an example. Somebody does a cool move, and then you do some type of signature gesture, right? So let's take let's take Conan, for instance. Remember Conan from WCW? He would do his rolling lariat clothesline. And then what would he say afterwards? Orale! And he'd get the crowd right back with him. He did a cool move. He's engaging. Does a cool move. Engages. Does an arm bar. Gets right back up. Changes the pacing of what he does. So many people are just like, well, I can do this drop kick. And I can do this drop toe hold. And I can do this arm drag. And I can do all these cool things and try and tire. But that's every match. You have to be able to show for me. Okay. I'm not saying I'm every wrestling fan, every wrestling. I want there to be, you know, a nonstop, you know, kick out of 25 finishers, young bucks match for every match. Great. That's what you like. I don't. So for me, I'm going to look for the little things in the Bianca Belair matches that I watch from here going forward, because I want to believe that what they see is what's really there instead of, well, she's super talented and um, she's different than anybody we have in our division when it comes to her athletic ability. And she's got this really cool gimmick with this long hair that she uses as a weapon. So that's going to make her different enough to make her a star. There has to be more than that. 
in my opinion, for you to be a big time success. Okay, because guess what? Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter. That's great. Guess what? It probably got her a job. Okay. I'm not hating. Probably got her a job. Okay. But guess what? Has Charlotte Flair rested on her laurels that she's Ric Flair's daughter for the last five years? Absolutely not. Because Charlotte Flair does the little things in every batch that make me impressed by what she does every time she wrestles. Because guess what? In Charlotte Flair matches, I don't question what Charlotte Flair does ever. Right. And I really want to believe that they're going to get to that point where as they grow this division with more than just the four horsewomen, which I know Mm -hmm. they're doing, but as they grow to make more of these stars and make more that they're making more complete competitors. That's all. I I think that's a fair assessment. I'll I'll end it on this because you mentioned the fact that, you know, resting on the laurels of whether or not she's Ric Flair's daughter. I was listening to a podcast recently of one of our fellow colleagues in the space and they made a, one of their hosts made a comment and I addressed this with them and I'm looking forward to part two of their next episode to see what exactly they're meaning about that. But they said that Charlotte Flair was a manufactured superstar or one of them said that and Ross, I was so taken aback in a very negative fashion. Because to me, I understand that, okay, Charlotte Flair is Ric Flair's daughter, so she already had the leg up on everybody else. But guess what? Because she's Ric Flair's daughter, I bet your ass that she had to work double as hard in order for her to show I am really good at what I do, and it's not just because of my last name. Because at the end of the day, and I've said this, and Ross has agreed with me, and I'll, I'll speak for myself when I say this, Charlotte Flair is the greatest women's wrestler of all time, period. That's not manufactured, homie. That's, that's the fact that in the last six years, she's gone ahead and shown what others cannot. Charlotte Flair does things that Sasha Banks cannot. Charlotte Flair does things that Becky Lynch and Bailey cannot. Bianca cannot. Shayna Baszler, which who, by the way, Boy, if we get to that draft preview, I've got some things to say about that in a very positive light, by the way. And I'm sure you do too, Ross. But you mentioned that, and that just kind of triggered me there first. I could not believe when I heard those words come out of that person's mouth. That's all. And I like that person very much. I do. And by the way, that's just saying that that doesn't mean that just because you like everybody in the space, you got to agree with everything that they got to say. So there's that perfect example right there. If you think that Charlotte Flair is a manufactured superstar, I'm going to completely disagree with you and just tell you, look at the, look at the body of work and look at the resume. That all being said, we kind of got off of that. Ross was not a fan at all of the ending of Becky versus Bianca. I liked the match overall. And I thought that Becky brought it for the first time in a year and a half. And I thought she was really impressive, but Rossi Poo, let's get into this main event, brother. I'm curious because we haven't talked the main event at all in the last like 36 hours. So I have, I actually have no idea what it is that you're going to lead off on here. Well, sir. No, no, it was was dramatic pause. Well, sir. (laughs) Fair play. Um, how do I put this? Oh, sorry. Hold on. Sure. Main event time. Reigns defending his Universal Championship against the Demon. Finn Balor. 
Okay, I said this before. Oh, um, no wonder. Okay, now I know what happened. Go ahead, Ross. Congratulations, buddy. Yeah. I don't I don't know what you're I don't know what you're affirming, but let's let's just okay. I knew I knew the second that this was Demon Finn Balor. And and the fact that not that far away we have Roman Reigns facing Brock Lesnar. I was not going to give two F's about this match. Okay. I love Finn Balor. I do. He's a wonderful competitor. Okay. When they've actually let him cut some promos, he actually hasn't been bad. They let him go to NXT. They've had him come back. Here's the problem. And I know this is going to sound really disrespectful, but I have to say this. You know who Finn Balor is turning into? Who, Ross? He is turning into the one, the only, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Mute yourself right now. Mute yourself. I... Oh, oh my go ahead ross go ahead go ahead all the guy does is wrestle in big matches and lose all the guy does when he doesn't wrestle in big matches is get injured all the guy does is get sent back down to nxt because they have nothing for him in the main roster and then he magically shows back up with a gimmick that got over in nxt that fails at the wwe level but it do- okay. First of all, I don't think it failed on the WWE level, but okay. Okay. You can't tell me the demon gimmick is not more over in the WWE level than it was at the NXT level. Everything is more over in NXT, though. I like, dis- I mean, I, I I I disagree. But except for Elias. Oh, we'll get to Elias here in a second because that gimmick's dead, which <laughs> I'm actually okay with, um, for a multitude of reasons. Despite the fact that NXT gets over the weirdest stuff ever because they want to feel important. Um AEW fans do the same. But yeah. I, I I again I have plenty of bad things about to, to say about AEW, but it's not an AEW show. I know. Even though I've already referenced it on this show with, with many know. different things. Um Okay. I'm just gonna get right to the point. Okay. There was the whole, he went into the turnbuckle thing and it broke. There was the whole, he's dead and the blinking lights are getting him back to life. There's the whole, Roman Reigns is supposed to be this super serious character and he's fighting a supernatural being that's supposed to be a baby face that we're supposed to cheer. Um, yeah, this, this, this was a miss for me. Um, I'm sorry. When you're teasing that Roman Reigns is about to fight Brock Lesnar in the middle of the desert in a month, I, 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 I can't take a match with a supernatural being seriously. And with all the shenanigans they did in the match at the end and everything with the ring and just this, this was a miss. I, I really don't care how great the wrestling was. This was a miss because again, this is another story where literally they could have just had a Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns wrestling match 
with the story that was told after, you know, he was supposed to wrestle him and then John Cena took his spot in a match and then John Cena lost and then Finn Balor could have come in and said, hey, I was supposed to get my match and then I didn't and oh my gosh, now I have to be the demon even though the demon doesn't lose and yet he just lost. This is a miss. I'm sorry. This capped off another pay-per-view that might have had good wrestling but had terrible psychology and no story. Because guess what? Everybody cares about the match against Brock Lesnar in less than a month. How am I supposed to? Well, Demon Finn Balor might beat him. No, he won't. Sorry. You're telling me to take a real storyline and put it in a goofy cartoon match. Sorry. Now, well, Ross, John Cena didn't wrestle a match against Bray Wyatt in a funhouse match. You took a serious character against a spooky guy. Are you kidding me? First of all, that was a cinematic match. Second of all, it worked. And third of all, nobody was expecting him. Actually, nobody knew what to expect from that match because nobody knew what was going to happen because it was brand new. It was cinematic. Half the people thought it was going to suck. Half the people didn't even know if it was going to be a wrestling match. Everybody knew this was going to be the most serious heel character in your company wrestling a supernatural freak. This is a miss. I don't care what you say about the match. I'm, I'm not saying just you I'm talking about in general. I can't get past the fact that your universal champion, that's the baddest man on the planet that hasn't been pinned in over 600 days. He beat a guy in face paint that gyrated on the floor when red lights brought him back to life. <laughs> you had to say gyrated. Jeez. Ross. I'm flabbergasted that you would disrespect your boy Finn Balor by saying that he is the second coming of Dolph Ziggler. That just hurts me so much. That was was my reasoning not spot on? Mm, to me, not necessarily. Because here's the thing. I, I think that not, not just you, but I think a lot of people are still lost in this in this thing of, oh, Finn always gets hurt. Finn got one bad injury. One. Uh, uh, time out. Time out. Dolph Ziggler got a ladder kicked into his head by Jake Hager, a.k.a. Uh, I've already forgotten his name. Jack in WWE. Swagger, his yeah. bitch ass. Go ahead. Yeah. Guess what? Dolph Ziggler was never the same. Never the yeah. same after that. One injury of uh, one freak injury. Never the same. I mean, to me, I keep seeing Dolph Ziggler put on quality matches okay everybody he's in the ring with but okay that's fair the only difference is finn balor hasn't been relegated to wrestling with random tag team members that's all that's missing yes i understand that but here's the thing he went down to nxt and he went over there and performed at an extremely high level an extremely high level and did what he could to keep those numbers afloat except you know aew put the put the, their foot on their throats and there was not, no coming back from that. But I don't pin that on, on, on Finn Balor whatsoever. I understand that people, including yourself, are not going to take this match seriously because of what's looming in 22 days, which is Brock versus Roman. I get that. That's fine. They're allowed to do that. But I, because I, I have to real, I have to be a realist and see what's going on around me. And so 
I'm going to see that this match is meaning happening. Well, I have to give it a chance. I have to understand and appreciate everything that they're trying to put in front of me, regardless of what's coming ahead. Because to me, it's all about the present, not necessarily the future. And I know that might be a stupid way to look at that, Ross. And, I, and, and if you and if you were to critique me on that, I'd understand it. If you were to tell me, Jorge, you have to look at what's coming because it's the whole completion of the story. But I'm looking at this from a journey, not necessarily an a destination right now. I can't, I can't look at the destination right now. That's not fair. I have to live in the moment. So that's why I'm trying to look at this match as a whole, right as it stands in front of me. Okay. And so from the point of how it stands in front of me, Ross, this was the best match on the card. Ross, this was one of the best matches of the year. Now, that being said, before I go any further, it's been I said 36 hours. That's a lie. It's been 72 hours. Ross, I still don't understand what the hell it was the point of the stupid top rope. I don't get that. I, I, I mean, they could have gone ahead and had Finn go for a coup de gras and then Roman spear him in midair. That would have worked. That would have been perfect. Everything else that happened prior to that, though, Ross, I love that. I loved it. I, I absolutely did. You know what was my favorite part of this match? Didn't even have to do with Roman Reigns. And by the way, Roman Reigns slayed in this match. Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to talk about? Are you going to talk about when he went into the crowd? No, actually, I'm not. Okay, because okay. I, will, I mean, I'll talk about it if you no, want. No, no, no. I was will. My favorite part. I, I I will interject very briefly. Okay. Sure. I absolutely loved when Roman Reigns went out into the crowd and put a mask on. That is hilarious heat. I adored that okay so it's funny you mentioned that because i think it's great heat and at the same time him still you know proving hey this is the reason why i left for six months right so all of that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay from that standpoint all of that actually made sense and i was cool with it because it tells me a he still takes it seriously b as a heel I don't want you guys to breathe on me because you're going to get me well, sick with well, your disgustingness. That well, that makes sense, right? Well, well, for me, it's more the latter. Like, obviously, Fair. obviously, they're taking it seriously. I'm not saying yeah. don't take it serious. What right, I'm right. saying is, what I'm saying is, for that character, it makes all the sense in the world to be like, I'm better than you. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to breathe your filthy air. Like, it, it just it just fits everything. Okay, so what yeah. was your favorite part of the match? So, so and my favorite part was, and I, I messaged this to to our buddy uh, Tom the Thunderous Wizard. In five and a half six years that I've been watching Finn Balor, you know, actually wrestle because I didn't get a chance to really see him in New Japan. I've been watching him since he came over to NXT in the WWE. Right, I've never seen Finn Balor hit a power bomb on anybody. He hit. An incredible power bomb on, I believe it was Jimmy Uso, through the announce table, and it was really well done. Followed by six seconds later, one of the most uh, how do I put annihilating spears I've ever seen in ten years of Roman Reigns or nine years of Roman Reigns. That sequence was, <laughs> was seriously tremendous. From, I, I was like, Finn's not going to hit a powerbomb on one of the Usos. Like, he's, th- nothing's going to happen. Somebody's going to flip him over. That's the spot. Whatever. It's been overdone too many t- freaking times. No. He picks up Jay. I, I'm pretty sure it was Jay. 
and he power bombs him through the table. And I was like, and by the way, you know, Roman's a big dude. And because of Roman being a big dude, I think people get lost in the trans in translation of thinking that Jimmy and Jay are small. Jimmy and Jay are not small at all. Jimmy and Jay are really big dudes too. It's just Roman looks buffer, but Jimmy and Jay are pretty enormous themselves. So for Finn Balor to be powerbombing one of the Usos through the table was a spot that I did not expect and a spot that I actually welcomed. And then, of course, I understand that over the last six years, we've seen Roman Reigns spear everybody and their mother through, through the barricade. I get that. Guess what, guys? Still doesn't get old. Still doesn't get old. And seeing him just tear Finn Balor in half was amazing. And then the gyrating, as you like to call it, I actually thought that was really fun. It was a it was a nice way to really pop the crowd. And, you know, to, for, to just see Finn Balor pop back up out of nowhere, you were like, oh, sweet Jesus, you were dead like 10 seconds ago. And then drop kick Roman through the through the table. I was like, oh, snap, we have second life in this match that probably has like three minutes left. Now, the whole top rope breaking, again, I'll reiterate, I have no idea what that was all about. Had it been that Roman hits a spear in midair on a coup de gras, that works to me. That works to me better. That works to me better. The outside stuff, Ross, I'll agree with you. I really enjoyed it too. And again, oh, you know, oh, back to heel Roman for a second. I don't know about you. I love the fact that Roman purposely put the table back under the under the ring. Not not wanting to go ahead and get the crowd. The, the crowd was like, we want the table. And he's like, nope, putting it back. And I was like, that's great heel heat. Would you agree? I would agree. But yet again, as I will restate, all yeah. uh, the shenanigans that happened kind of detract from everything else. I understand. I understand. Here, here's another positive thing that I'll try and put on there. And I'm not trying to go ahead and say you're being negative. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just willing. I, I just I, I really enjoyed this match for what it was. Um, Roman Reigns needs to add the Uronagi to his repertoire immediately, like all the time now. Um. I'm not saying just whip it out every once in a while. No. Whip out Urunagi as many times as humanly possible because the way that he went ahead and just annihilated Finn Balor mm-hmm. was tremendous. That was an epic Urunagi. One of the best Urunagis I've seen in a long time. I love the Urunagi if you can't if you, if you can't tell. I mean Ross knows that I love that move, but for anybody else who's listening to this podcast, I love the Uronagi. I might actually love the Uronagi more than I do the Canadian Destroyer. And I've gone on record saying that somebody needs to use the Canadian Destroyer as a finisher in this in this game. In in pro wrestling. Please bring that back as a finisher. Stop using it as a signature move. Pisses me off. Fair enough. So guess what? Thankfully, that was the end of this pay-per-view. I think I think it's fair to say that we completely disagree on this. Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. And see, here's the thing. okay? because much like uh, visiting Rotten Tomatoes, when I check out movies, I don't take it as gospel. I take it as a gauge. Yeah, as to what what fans think, what critics think, all this different stuff. Um, I think I'm actually in the minority in regards to people thinking that this pay-per-view was good. No, 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 no. Is there people out there? I, I think I think the majority would agree with you. Really interesting. But again, I I stand by my stance of if all you want to see is good wrestling, you probably thought this was a good show. No, but that's a thing, though, because I do care about story. Okay, what 
what what good story was told on this pay-per-view? Well, I mean, I'll reiterate the fact that the great story told between the Usos and the Street Profits, I thought that was good, strong storytelling, especially a, considering what was it, what had happened on Friday night. In a in a tag team feud that's pretty much over now. Okay, next. Okay, I mean, you can say that it's over. It's still good storytelling. Okay. Um, I mean, there was relatively good, strong storytelling between Damian Priest and Sheamus and Jeff Hardy. You, wow. even you after admit you, that after you crapped all over that match, the match the, from, that. from a match quality, from a match, from a wrestling quality, the match sucked. That doesn't okay. mean that the storytelling. Okay. okay. But here's the thing. I don't need a five-star wrestling match to get a match to be over and do exactly what it needs to do. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you're a good quality wrestler, then actually show your talents. Don't go ahead and just take a gigantic dump and like focus on storytelling. It's like when you're trying to tell a good story in a movie, but the acting sucks. Oh, the screenplay was great. Yeah, but the physical acting was shit. That's all. I mean, I understand where you're coming from on that, but. <laughs> I love how that came out so casually and you knew what you just said. Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm just saying. We do such a great job on the show and you just casually on. Okay, you know what? Here's, here's what I'll say. Jorge right. liked it. I thought it was a mess. Fair. Much like most Extreme Rules shows, this was a mess. Hey, guess what? We have uh, less than 15 minutes to go over the draft. Here we go. All right, let's do it. All right. So I said this before. I already basically blew it. So here's what I will say. Uh, I think the Street Profits are going to Raw, and I think Bianca Belair is going to Raw. I think that's happening because if one of them's going, they're keeping couples together. They're both going to Raw. Okay. I, I, I think there's enough juice for those acts to go to Raw, mm-hmm. I think the Street Profits fit in very nicely in the Raw Tag Team Division. And honestly, if you're going to push Bianca as a big deal, there's a lot of open road on the Raw brand. And I think that's a good spot for her, especially since I think there's a match they really want to do. And that would open the door to do Bianca versus Charlotte. Bianca versus Charlotte, considering how well they did in the last two Royal Rumbles together, Ross. I think that's a money match. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'll give you that. Need, I think they need to do that. Um, okay. Here's here's what else I will say. Um, I absolutely think Elias is going to SmackDown uh, because they already basically burned his guitar and took him off TV. Mm-hmm. I think he re-debuts as a new gimmick and they put him on SmackDown and give him a fresh start. I think that makes total sense in the world. Um, I'll tell you another guy that I think absolutely needs a facelift immediately. Um, I think Ricochet needs to go to SmackDown. Absolutely needs it. That guy right now is completely dead in the water. I think it is a absolute travesty that they are not doing more with this guy. Look, I understand that he is not the greatest of promos. Okay. Guess what? You are supposed to have people in the back and in creative and in that company that are supposed to help people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So whether that's somebody in that company takes him under their wing and gets him better at cutting promos, the guy is way too talented in the ring for you to do jack with him. Right. He, he needs a fresh start. He needs to go to SmackDown. Um, let's see. Oh, um, whoever you want to move to SmackDown between Eva Marie and Dewdrop, just do it. I don't care which one it is. You probably are going to move Dewdrop to SmackDown. 
I have a feeling that's what's going to happen. I also have a very bad feeling that they're going to load up one of these shows with most of the female talent. And I have a feeling it's going to be SmackDown. They keep doing that. And that's they think that that's the right way to go about things, Ross. That's Mm -hmm. completely the wrong way. You need to balance out the women's division. It can't be good on one show and then suck on the other. That's not how this works. Right. So like, um, like, okay. Do I think that one of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler is going to the other brand? Yes, I do. I don't know which one it's going to be, but I think that team needs to be done. Well, Nia, Nia got written off. Because I know. Of, uh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think honestly, whichever, whichever way you do your balancing act, I would move. I would either keep Shayna on raw and bring Nia back on SmackDown when she's ready uh-huh. or just move Shayna to SmackDown and just have Nia come back on raw, whichever gotcha. you choose to do. Um, the last name I will say that need. Oh, uh, I do think, and I hate to admit that we're doing this again. I do think the, I do think we are switching champions brands again. Oh, don't tell me. Yep. I think Damian Priest and Shinsuke Nakamura are switching brands. Okay. Well, at least it's not like what they did last year with the New Day and the Street Profits where they swapped titles. At no. least Damian Priest could bring the U.S. title over to SmackDown. And no, Apollo but uh, take, okay. Yeah. But but again, as, as hokey as that was, mm-hmm. you're not bringing the Raw Tag Team titles to SmackDown. Yeah, I know. It just so, padded their numbers, and that's where I got annoyed. I was like, why would you pat the numbers? Just no, say I agree. you swap the titles. That that was what was annoying. So me. so to me, if anything, I, I really just want the people. Like, there are people that need to stay on Raw. Like, Karrion uh-huh. Cross and Scarlett Bordeaux, they need to stay on Raw, period. Yeah. That is an act that needs to stay on Raw. Um, Keith Bearcat. By the way, I like Bearcat, by the way. I, I do like that nickname. Uh, um, but Keith Lee should stay on Raw, too. Okay, now, I want to open this up for discussion. Sure. And I want your thoughts because okay. I'm very torn on the next name I'm about to tell you because I think I ultimately think what I'm about to say needs to happen. Okay. But the way they are doing things, I don't know if they're actually going to do it. I think Drew McIntyre needs to go to SmackDown. Now, I understand that by doing that, you have to rebalance Raw. I understand that, which again, they've had time to figure this out. I know, but I'm sorry. Drew McIntyre on raw. He's run its course. It's 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 run its course. Yeah. Now I'm here to tell you, okay. If you were to tell me that your plan is to have Drew McIntyre beat Roman Reigns for the universal title at some point, sign me up. Okay. As much as I hate the sword thing and whatever, like, you want me to have two guys that can cut promos with a defined baby face, especially if you're not going to turn Drew McIntyre heel, which, again, I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a defined baby face and a defined heel that can go, that can cut promos that will be excellent, have that be your money match. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that being a money match on SmackDown within the next 12 months. Well, I mean, now, considering how much of a banger they had at Survivor Series, yeah. So... What I'm saying it now, I understand, and we've said this before. If you have the rock in your back pocket at WrestleMania, you do it. Right. Okay. But, and by the way, at the time we said, if you have Brock in your back pocket, 
you do that match. Now mm-hmm. they're doing it at Crown Jewel, whatever. We're still getting a match and we're probably going to get another one. Okay. Right. My point is if you have money matches already ready to go, do them. Great. Tell a good story, get through it, advance whatever you need to do. I personally think Drew McIntyre on Raw is a waste given the layout of the company right now. I think Drew McIntyre being an upper mid-card guy on SmackDown until you're ready to move him into that spot is a great decision because you can still build him. You don't have to have him on a title. And he can still feel like a main event level talent, which he is, and not have to worry about, well, he's not fighting for a title. People won't care about him. No, if you just put him on SmackDown and make him important and make him the, you know, one of the really important people just there under Roman Reigns, I think that works. However, I could see the argument of keeping him on Raw because you need that strong presence. And it depends on how you lay things out. So I just want your quick thoughts on Drew McIntyre, and then I want what you think is going to happen here in the next five to ten minutes before we wrap the show. Sure, no problem. I think, I think, I mean, I was the one that said it first right before you said it. I think Drew McIntyre on Raw has run its course. There's not really a lot of things that you can do with Drew McIntyre anymore unless you turn him heel. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not sure if I'm ready for a Drew a heel Drew McIntyre yet. I, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I think I still want to enjoy him as a great defiant babyface. Um, I think I still want to be able to enjoy that. And so that being said, I think that perhaps moving over to SmackDown is the right thing to do. I think that you could have a really strong babyface, babyface WWE title match with him and Biggie, with Biggie going over. So, you know, Drew handing over the main event spot officially to him on Raw. I think that would I think that could work. You maybe you could do that on Monday night. Maybe that's the maybe that's Drew's go home uh or going away match per se. It's like okay. If I win, I'm taking the WWE title with me over to SmackDown. And, in, in, you know, that that could work. So I think that Drew going over to SmackDown, being a defiant babyface, having a program with Roman Reigns. By the way, not just having a program with Rogan, Roman Reigns. There's other people that Drew McIntyre can have a program with on SmackDown where he can help elevate some stuff. Um, you know, you, you can put him in different places. You know, we've seen hints of a Seth Rollins-Drew McIntyre feud. We haven't seen a full-blown Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre feud yet, though. That has legs. That's something you can do. So there's a lot of things out there that you can do on SmackDown that, to me, you just can't do on Raw anymore. So I'm going to say Drew to Drew to SmackDown makes the most sense. Um, the other thing is uh, I think that Shayna needs to do SmackDown. She needs to go to SmackDown immediately um, because – I think that they seem to be having, they seem to have turned the corner on Shayna. And I think that in order for you to really get the best out of Shayna, you need to put her in the spot where the most dominant females are. That's not me saying that Charlotte's not the most dominant female, but what I am saying is that right now, Raw is the, is the, is the not, is not the pick of the litter when it comes to the women's division in all three brands that includes nxt 2.0 you know how pissed i'm gonna be if they finally put Shayna over and have her beat becky now do you know how pissed i'm gonna be if they finally do that i understand i understand why you'd be upset about that okay but i'm just saying it's all about you know getting what what's the phrase catching lightning in a bottle right Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that that's you know you already had lightning in a bottle you don't get it twice wwe so let me be very clear you don't get lightning in a bottle twice 
So make sure you get it right this time if you're actually going to do this. But I think Shayna does need to move over to SmackDown. And the reason why it's not just because of Becky, bro. I think that let's say Bianca doesn't move over to Raw. I think that Shayna and Bianca would be a special match. We've seen it before, but this time Bianca is a lot better. So that would be really interesting to see. I think that seeing a one-on-one match between Sasha and, and, and Shayna would also be very, very good. Um, and there's other, you know, there's just stuff that you can do now with Shayna running amok on SmackDown that you really can't do with Shayna running on Raw anymore because she's already run amok as much as, much as she can. In the same vein that you Drew McIntyre's run roughshod over Raw. Um, also... Let me see. Oh, I think Carmella needs to move over to Raw. I think she's been on SmackDown for a really long time. I think it's not. It would be nice for her to go back, to move over to Raw. Um, it's more of the entertainment show. I think that she has a better shot at winning the Raw Women's Title over on Raw than she does of winning the SmackDown Women's Title at any point. I know that's saying a lot, considering that Charlotte Flair is the top woman and that top woman in the division, but. I think that you can book some things where it could actually put Carmella into big play over there. And I'd like to see that. Um, Let me see what else. Uh, Don't touch AJ Styles and Omos yet. That's that. They need to stay on raw for a little bit. And the reason for that is not only just because of what they mean to the tag team division right now, but AJ Styles is that person that you can just put into the main event slot whenever you feel like it. And as you need as many main eventers on Raw as you possibly can get to surround Big E. And I think that Big E versus AJ has is something that you can do that you can have in your back pocket that can really help elevate Big E even more so. Um, let me see. Elias, I think you're right about. Um, I talked about Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. I agree with you. I think they both should stay on Raw. Um you know, what about Baron Corbin, Rossi Pooh? What are your thoughts on Happy Corbin right now? Is Do you think he's meant for the long haul on SmackDown, or do you think that maybe moving him back over to Raw might be the best thing for him right now? So right now, he is a mid-card guy. Yeah. Okay. I think he is actually doing some really good work on SmackDown right now. That doesn't mean you can't move him eventually to raw because we've seen guys just switch brands for no reason it doesn't have to be draft um i am here to tell you that i genuinely think okay here's here's my preface to this question i promise i'll be brief are we supposed to say that happy corbin is a babyface character right now or is he just a happy heel character right now he's a happy heel character okay i don't think that's really a question no no i'm i'm I just wanted that clear. No, no, no. Okay. That wasn't meant to you. I think that that I, they're purposely so, showing us he's very much a happy heel. Okay. So he's a happy heel character. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's now, regardless of calling him happy Corbin, which is ridiculous, but I could see some legs of him like getting in a tag team with somebody else and just kind of doing that for a little bit because clearly they see value in him. And if they're you know not going to make him a main event guy and they're not going to have him middle around the mid-card titles, which mean nothing, I I hate to say this, but I mean, if, you, if you'd stick him in a tag team and just build him up as a tag team guy with somebody else, I, I, I think that could work. You know, you said that, and you know who the first person that popped into my head that could team with Corbin? 
clearly you're going to say Kalisto. Let me stop you. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Well, I mean, he's not in the company anymore, right? <laughs> <know>. so. <laughs> well, ob- well ob- no, obviously he'll have his return. Why not? Clearly. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, Elias and Baron Corbin. Um, I understand where you're going with that. I do. I don't think I'm ready to see a jubilant Elias yet because I really don't want them to be the odd couple. And the only way that would work is if he's like jubilant heel. Maybe it would work. Maybe I'm not seeing the forest from the trees because look, let me tell you something right now. Dolph Ziggler and, 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 and Bobby Roode are amazing and they do nothing with them. Yeah. Oh, okay. By the way, move over Dolph and Roode to, to raw spicing up that tag team division a little bit. Interesting. I think that would be a good way to go. And then here's another one. Here's one more. I think, I don't think there's much for KO to do on SmackDown anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, okay, so one thing we haven't mentioned, Ross, and I know that it's getting late in the episode, but I'm going to bring it up right now. NXT is supposed to be part of this brand, uh, uh, supposed to be part of the draft again. They're going to mm-hmm. be drafting pieces from NXT, and I think that's the right move. I think, so Kevin Owens, I think, would make sense on Raw. You put him over there. Um, you could do some things with him. You could put him in a bigger in, in bigger feuds. Um, I'm not saying put him in the WWE title scene because I don't want to see a heel Kevin Owens yet. Mm-hmm. Not not yet. I still I like the babyface character, and I think that he can play around with the babyface character a lot of ways. He can be a very serious babyface. He can be a jokester. He does it really really well. Um, but I think he's run his course over on SmackDown. I think you put him over on Raw. I think that'll be that'll really freshen him up. Um, but do you think it helps to perhaps put him back in NXT for a little bit, even though it's a rebrand? But even with the rebrand, you still need veteran leadership back down there. That's part of the reason why we're seeing Tommaso Champion as the Tommaso I, Champa as their I, NXT champion right I, now, right? I, I think if they were going to do that, they would have done that. They would have done it already, right? A long time ago. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So I guess they seem they might see too much value, and and I I hope they do because the man is invaluable to me. I think he's an important piece to this company. If he leaves in January, as people you know, because people are saying that his uh, contract is up, I'll be very sad. I'll be just as sad as seeing Adam Cole leave. And I was very sad to see Adam Cole leave, even though he's doing tremendous things in AEW right now. But still, I was having a wonderful time seeing him outperform everybody in NXT. And I would have loved to have seen him outperform everybody on the main roster. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. I, I think most of the Actually, do we see... What do we really see with Sasha long-term? Because I remember a couple of years ago, you and I had stated... Sasha needs to go over to SmackDown. She and needs to. And I think now is probably a good time for her to go to Raw. That you read my mind. You read my mind. Especially if they're going to continue her and Bianca, and I'm already moving her over there. So that's a good point. See, because that, that I didn't think of that because I really I, I hadn't really mentioned whether or not I think they should move Bianca. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same vein of like if you're gonna move the profits over, then it makes sense to move over to Bianca in the same vein that Corey Graves is now calling Raw exclusively, then Carmella should probably move over to Raw too. That would make sense. So I think you and I are probably thinking the same thing on most people. Uh, I think there was a couple of different pieces, obviously me with KO. um, Well, that also has to do with the fact that he has not re-signed in his contracts up in January. That has a lot to do with it. 
And I, believe, and I believe Sami Zayn's contract is up in early 2022 as well. So. And so is Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, a All lot right. of things that they need to get figured out over in WWE's in, in yeah. headquarters right now. They need to go ahead and get these contracts restructured or if they want to. I mean, it's not my job to tell them whether or not they should. But if you have Kevin Owens in your company and you have Johnny Gargano in your company, you better bet your ass. You better be working as hard as you possibly can to keep those guys in your company. That's all I got to say. Uh, so here is what we will close the show on because that is our Extreme Rules 2021 review show and our draft preview and predictions which again starts tomorrow so i'm sure we'll be on the gram uh reacting to the changes that are made because i'm and sure twitter. there'll be gram and twitter i'm sure there'll be uh quite a few changes and then we'll get to see more on raw and we'll probably react to what happened on next week's show um however two things i want to close with first of all uh i just found out on instagram because i follow multiple people on instagram that uh, Juice Robinson and Tony Storm are engaged to be married. Oh, Mazel Tov. This is beautiful. So, oh, 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 never mind. That. I, I saw this last week. Never mind. There's that. So, nice. And here, and here is your 30 seconds of a moment of impact because oh, I had to get go. this out there. Uh, if you want to look to a really dangerous duo happening in Impact Wrestling right now, and I never thought I would say this. Moose and W. Morrissey. Yeah, you talked at length about them last week. Oh, they beat the hell out of Eddie Edwards with chairs this week. Nice. Oh, like Morrissey powerbombing Alicia Edwards last week in a very safe manner, by the way. Yeah. And Moose beating the hell out of Impact's hero, Eddie Edwards. It's awesome. It's awesome. Nice. And by the way. I'm the guy that says Moose should already be their world champion and he's not. And I'm still pissed off about it. But <laughs> if you're telling me that I get to see him and another giant dude beat the hell out of people in impact, ah, I'm all, Hey, guess what? You know who else might be coming to impact wrestling? That would be a nice foil for those two guys that happens to be big and brawn. Uh, funny. I'm just saying now, by the way, that's only rumors that Braun Strowman's yeah. going to impact, but by the way, uh, shout out to Braun. Braun. Braun found himself a new lady who I did not expect him to be with, but it looks like they make a very nice couple. Uh, who? He's him and Raquel Gonzalez, dude. Oh, you know what? That's kind of been a thing, actually. I know, I know it has, but like, they, it looks like they went offic- like officially official, and they're they're a really nice couple together. Yes, very much yeah. so. So yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, you know, I'm kind of shocked you didn't mention this, but it looks like Mandy Rose is coming after Raquel. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm. How are you I'm, feeling I'm, about that? Where Where are your thoughts that? It's too soon. Really? It's too soon. Yeah, it's too soon for for her to be chasing, or it's too soon to, for Raquel to drop the belt. Look, you moved her. You moved her to NXT. You have to build her up as a legitimate contender. Uh-huh. You can't just say you're up in NXT and you're helping these two people get over and you get a title shot. Because yeah. guess what? If she doesn't win, who cares? True. Which, which, by the way, I would not have Raquel lose. I agree. So Raquel's not ready to lose yet. Oh, okay. I swear this is the very last thing. Anybody from NXT making the jump up? Um, I'll give you a name. I'll give you a name that absolutely needs to be on the main roster. Dakota Kai. Uh, yes. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. (sighs) 
I would have told you EO, but they just won't drop the stupid belts. Nope. So I guess I can't say EO. <sighs> and the reason um, why I say Dakota Kai is she has nothing left to prove in NXT. Mm-hmm. And if they really want to go back to the well of doing something where they do her and Tegan on the main roster, they could easily do that, or they could just keep them separate. True. And I mean, at just the same have time, her just be a competent yeah. member of the main roster. Shotzi so. and Knox, like just do something with them. That would be nice considering that you called them up and they've done nothing. Right. Uh, that being said, you know what, Ross? I really think they need to consider Johnny Gargano coming up. I really think that they just need to consider. I, Johnny Gargano needs to consider it for himself. He's done everything he can do. I, so, I, what else is he going to do with Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis? Okay, so here's so here's the only reason why that's not going to happen. Uh, wife is prego. That's so true. He's traveling too much. Yeah, so, that's a good point. So so yeah, no, it's just it's just it's just bad. I agree. Well, plus the first first time they brought him up to the main roster, they botched it, um, amongst other things. But no, he's he's in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I would not be surprised if he just uh, actually I think there's more of a chance that he leaves than goes back to the main roster. I don't know. I actually think he'll stay. Well, I really do. You know what? He could end up being a guy that stays there, retires, and ends up being a guy that starts training people. True. Yeah, he can be a producer. He he can join Triple H and 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 Shawn Michaels. Oh, here we go. Uh, call up. Uh, I think Triple H needs to get called up, Ross. <laughs> uh, by the way, I I'm very happy to know that Triple H is recovering really really well. And I heard that Shawn Michaels has taken over while he's uh, out on medical leave. So again, once more, wishing Triple H all the best, man. Really hope to see him back really, really soon. Miss big trips, man. I do. But uh, I guess, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I actually have no idea who you could call up from NXT right now. I think Dakota Kai is probably the best answer. Okay. All right. Uh, this episode has gone longer than I thought, and that's okay because uh, I have work in about six hours. So yeah. that being said, um. This has been an informative show. I'm sure we will find out more tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Next week's show, I'm sure we will talk a little Crown Jewel, which is not for a couple of weeks, but we'll talk a little bit of it since hopefully there's more engaged think, on it. And we'll yeah. talk uh, the fallout of the draft and what's next, mm-hmm. because by the time we talk uh, this time next week, the draft will be complete. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure there will be some very interesting things that happen on these next two shows. Very much so. Oh, and by the way, St. Louis is hosting the Rumble this year. That should be fun. Yes. And for those of you that care, my Cincinnati Bengals came back and won on a last second. That's why I congratulated you. Boom. So there it is. All right. So uh, you can find this show. Uh, It is the Double Turn Podcast on Wabam Entertainment, W-O-B-A-M Entertainment.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the rest. The one and only J-Man 19, Ross the Robust 85, the Double Turn Podcast. Say the Twitter name again. PDT Wrestling Pod. There it is. You can find us there as well. So... Uh, for the J-Man, I'm Boss Ross. This has been the Double Turn Podcast. We will catch you on the flip side.